Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, I'm Sarah Kapalak and this is In the News from the Irish Times, where we take a close look at the stories that matter. Today, what does the Dublin Bay South by-election tell us about the state of Irish politics? The former housing minister, Owen Murphy, has resigned his seat as a TD. The resignation means that a by-election will have to take place in the Dublin Bay South constituency within six months. Next Thursday, on July 8th, voters in Dublin Bay South, one of the country's most affluent constituencies, will cast their votes in a by-election widely seen as the first major electoral test for the coalition government. It's going to be an intriguing battle and it's something that will be very different to all those polls that are carried out that government dismissed as mere snapshots in time. This will be a result that cannot be ignored. Pat Leahy is political editor at the Irish Times. So, Pat, in the run-up to this by-election so far, there have been some attempts to frame it as a contest between Fine Gael and Sinn Féin. Mainly, it should be said, by those two parties themselves. And over the weekend, the Irish Times conducted a poll in the Dublin Bay South area, and the results are just in. So, based on that poll, is the election really a contest between Fine Gael and Sinn Féin? Or are we seeing something different happening here? It's something different, according to this poll. What it's showing us is that the contest here is not between Fine Gael and Sinn Féin, which, as you correctly suggested, is how a lot of people, particularly in those parties, have been trying to frame it. Instead, the contest on the basis of these numbers is between Fine Gael and the Labour candidate, Ivana Bacic. So just to run through the numbers, we've James Gagan, Fine Gael candidate, on 27%. We've Ivana Bacic, the Labour candidate, on 20%. 22%, and then a long way down to the other three candidates who are getting substantial amounts of support in this. That's Lynn Boylan from Sinn Féin on 13%, Deirdre Conroy from Fianna Fáil on 10%, and Claire Byrne, the Green Party candidate, on 11%, and then back down to a way down to a host of candidates who won't figure and are on between 5 and 1%. Now, traditionally in by-elections, the order of first preference in 90% of by-elections decides the seat in the end. But I think Ivana Bacic is close enough to entertain hopes of catching him. I don't know if she's going to do it on the basis of these numbers. But remember, we're 10 days out from 
uh, from polling. There's a margin of error there, so a lot can change. So it seems to me this contest is very much alive, but it's alive between Fine Gael and the Labour candidate. Let's chat a bit about Dublin Bay South itself. People probably know that the neighbourhoods that make up this part of Dublin are some of the most affluent parts of the country, which means most of the voters who will be taking part next week are relatively wealthy. But what about their politics? Uh, which parties have they traditionally favoured? And have there been signs of those preferences changing at all recently? Traditionally, there has, this has been a very strong constituency for uh, Fine Gael, and we are seeing that strength again in the results of today's poll. But there's also been a kind of a strong urban liberal element in there. So Labour has won two seats here in the past, won two seats here in 2011. It was a long time uh, constituency of Rory Quinn, who was a Labour Party uh, leader. And that is the vote, I think, that Ivana Bacic is tapping into. It's uh, that old liberal vote in the constituency, but also young, uh, the young urban liberal vote that's very, uh, that's very prevalent. Much of it quite affluent, especially in the areas uh, around Ranala and and parts of Rathmines, that she's tapping into that vote uh, uh, as well. There's also been, there has traditionally been a, a Fianna Fáil seat here. Uh, we saw in the last constituency support slipping, but Jim O'Callaghan, thought by many in Fianna Fáil to be, you know, perhaps the next leader of Fianna Fáil. But this isn't a good poll for Fianna Fáil today. And one final point about the political makeup of this constituency, I think, is that what we saw in the last general election last year was for the first time a strong Sinn Féin vote in this constituency. Now, uh, electing Chris Andrews as, as a TD. Now, that vote was concentrated in the southeast inner city, Pier Street, Ringsend, those sort of areas. And while Chris Andrews is picking up, you know, low levels of support elsewhere in the constituency, that's the heartland of Sinn Féin vote in the constituency. And the real question, I think, for Sinn Féin in this by-election campaign is, can it begin to spread its appeal into the more middle-class, leafier uh, parts of this constituency? Mm. On the evidence of today's poll, they're up against it. They're up against it. Let's talk for a minute about the candidates who are running in this constituency, the main ones, the people who really do have a chance of winning. So let's start with James Gagan. My name's James Gagan, and I'm running in the Dublin Bay South by-election to be your candidate in the current doll. I got involved in politics because I'm... Can you give us a little bit of background about who he is? Yeah, James Gagan died in the wall of Fina, Fina Gaylor, had a little bit of a flirtation in his youth. This is as radical as it comes for, uh, for young Fina Gaylors. He had a bit of a flirtation with Renua uh, because he was uh, very much attached to Lucinda Creighton, who was, of course, a Fina Gael candidate and minister in this constituency, but left the party uh, on the issue of abortion. James Gagan went with a reverted to the mothership when uh, Lucinda Creighton lost her seat and bowed out of politics. So he is the child of not one, but two Supreme Court judges and a host of other judicial ancestors in his family tree. Very blue-blooded Fine Gael, quite an active councillor, he's a youngish guy, a young family. So really, if you had to have a Fine Gael candidate for this constituency designed by a committee of committed blue shirts, then you'd come up with something very like James Gagan. And we see from the results in this poll today, again, just a poll, not, a, not an election result, that he is really tapping into that strong, old Fine Gael vote. That, above anything, is what is putting him in the driving seat with a week and a half to go before polling day. 
So yeah, we've got Gagan who's who's tapping into this strong old Fine Gael vote. But next up from the poll, as you say, it's not the actual by-election, but it is a poll, is Ivana Bacic, who is not too far behind. So the writ has been moved, the election is on, and we are already out there making the case for change in Dublin Bay South. What? Should our listeners know about Bacic? Yeah, Vanna Bacic has been a stalwart of the Labour Party for a long time. She's a senator for uh, for Trinity College, has had a couple of runs at the Dáil in the past, had a run for the European Parliament. And one of these people who's been around Labour politics, even though she's relatively young. And when you get to my age, nearly everyone is re- relatively young. And there is a sense, I think, in Labour is that this is Ivana's big chance to make it to the Dáil at last. Now, today's poll would suggest she's still got a way to go if she's going to do it. She's also, I think, benefiting to some degree from the fact that there isn't uh, a woman elected for the uh, constituency at the moment. And she has made, you know, that part of her platform, if you like, that the constituency needs a woman in the doll. And she's kind of tailored for the constituency in a way. She's a long history uh, before it was, as they say, profitable or popular of campaigning for you know, liberal agenda type issues such as abortion, divorce and so forth. She was a student leader who risked prosecution by providing abortion information back uh, as far back as the 1980s. And while the liberal agenda sounds like almost a phrase from our political history, it still resonates amongst lots of voters in this constituency, I think. So she's pretty well got uh, in terms of of that profile. She's run a pretty vigorous campaign. Uh, They've been very energetic on the ground. And also Labour desperately needs a Philip. We've seen them just bumping along the bottom in national polls. It's a crowded opposition. They're dwarfed by Sinn Féin in opposition. And then there's a cluster of smaller parties, such as Social Democrats, that are jostling for attention with Labour. But here is a high profile candidate in a high profile constituency with a really good chance of taking a seat. And I think they're really throwing everything behind her. So next up, we've got Lynn Boylan. When I was two, my father, a butcher on Cork Street, and my mother, a stay-at-home parent, were able to get a mortgage and buy a home. For young couples today, that's simply not possible. This has to change. I think this is one of the surprises of today's uh, poll number, that she is not doing better. Lynn Boylan isn't someone who's based in the constituency, very much thought amongst uh, political observers that she was going for settling herself in for a dull run out in Dublin South West, where there is a potential for two seats for Sinn Féin. She lost her seat at the last European elections. She's former MEP, is one of the kind of rising stars uh, of Sinn Féin. She's a partner of the housing spokesman and Midwest TD, Ono Brain, and he's the director of elections here for this by-election and has a, a good record as director of elections. He did it and won a second seat for Sinn Féin in his own constituency of Midwest in the by-election uh, before Christmas of last year and held those two seats in quite a feat of vote management in the general election campaign. To my eyes, when Sinn Féin selected Lynn Boylan to run, it was a signal that they thought that they could do very well. If not win the seat, then and at least do very well uh, in this by-election campaign. On today's numbers, that's not where they're headed. I think they'll be disappointed with this number today. Now, sometimes uh, over the course of an election campaign, what any campaign manager wants is a real kick in the arse for his election workers. And maybe this will serve uh, to that end for Sinn Féin. But judging these numbers and bearing in mind all the caveats into which we entered at the beginning of this conversation... This is a disappointment for Sinn Féin. And if they come in at this level, 
when the actual votes are counted in a week and a half's time. I think that will tell us that Sinn Féin's project of spreading their electoral appeal into the middle classes, particularly amongst younger voters in the middle classes, has a way to go. Next up is Fianna Fáil's Deirdre Conroy, and this will be another disappointment, I'm sure, among Fianna Fáilers. What do you know about Deirdre Conroy? Yeah, she's just in at 10% today. She's a councillor in the area, but not somebody that has a long history in the party or indeed in local politics. Um, I think there was a bit of a scramble in Fianna Fáil for a candidate. But look, there's no way of sugarcoating this for Fianna Fáil. 10% in today's poll, not a good result. Interesting subplot about Jim O'Callaghan, who's a Fianna Fáil sitting TD in this area, who's Director of Elections for this by-election. And I think it'll be a great opportunity for Fianna Fáil to, you know, to resurrect and to grow again in the, that part of Dublin and to ensure that we put up a really strong campaign. And is seen, as I mentioned earlier, as a potential successor to current party leader Micheál Martin. And, you know, I suppose it would be no secret that there's a chunk of the Fianna Fáil parliamentary party that isn't exactly enamoured of its leader and will be pointing at the leader if there is a poor by-election result. But similarly, the leadership loyalists, Micheál Martin's loyalists within the party, might just as well be pointing at Jim O'Callaghan and his management, his selection of this candidate and his management of the campaign if there is a poor result. Final candidate uh, among this group that I'd just like to ask you about is Claire Byrne from the Green Party. Eamon Ryan had said he thought she had a real chance in this constituency. Now, the numbers would seem to indicate that it's probably not going to happen. But um, could you tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, Claire Byrne is a long-time councillor for this area. She also works in Eamon Ryan's office, would be pretty well known, quite highly regarded. I think it was always going to be a stretch, you know, for the Greens to be in contention for winning this. Subplot alert, again, within the Greens is Hazel Chew, who's the, the outgoing or shortly to be outgoing Lord Mayor of Dublin, also put her uh, hat in the ring for this looked for the nomination, was defeated in an internal party selection process by Claire Byrne. Uh, very few people expect her to be in the running for the seat. She's actually doing okay, I think, in uh, in today's poll. 11%, it's, it's a respectable enough showing. It shows, I think, that the Green Party vote hasn't collapsed. We see this in a variety of other indicators about how this government is is regarded by voters. And we have some satisfaction figures in this poll today as well, which also bear this out. And, and, and which says, in summary, is that the experience of government for the Green Party hasn't been disastrous. Their numbers are holding up nationally. The fear in some Green Party circles, that they would be destroyed by the experience of government, has not yet manifested itself in the numbers. Who knows what will happen in, uh, in the years to come? But the Greens are actually doing OK in government. And part of that, I think, and but I digress now, is because they are getting the sort of things on policy that they got into government to get uh, in the first place. And I think we're seeing a reflection of that in these numbers. Coming up, what is the main issue dominating the debate in the run-up to next week's vote? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I'd like Pat to chat a little bit. Um, you mentioned already the issues that people are voting for. So the poll actually did ask whether local or national issues were more important when deciding who to vote for. What did people say in response to that? National issues came out way on top. 67% saying they're more influenced by national issues than local issues. 30% saying local issues. And when we asked then what were those issues. It's clear there's only one game in town here. Here in this constituency, uh, as I guess, like an awful lot of other constituencies, it's housing is the issue that people were raising. Around here in Ternier, if you want something that'd be like what you might consider your forever home, you'd be looking seven, eight hundred thousand without breaking a sweat. They like my twin buyers. They haven't a hope in hell of buying a house. Ring's End's a working class community. Most of the local community can't afford to live in their own community. Some people in the 40s still living in box rooms at home with their mothers, you know. I'm looking for change and I'm looking for real change, not, 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 not bullshit. I read yesterday that if you're on a salary of 100 grand in Dublin, you can't afford to buy a house, which is terrifying because I'm not going to be making 100 grand. So. About half of all voters mentioned issues related to housing as the one that, that would most influence their vote. They talked about house prices, they talked about the cost of rent, planning and development issues in the broad housing box, half of all voters. And that is huge and shows the importance for the government in national terms of getting to grips with the housing issue if it is to have any chance of re-election in two, three, four years, whenever that uh, election comes and shows the extent to which the government will be judged by delivery on these issues, you know. You know, the housing issue is different for all sorts of voters. If you are a comfortable householder in Ternure or in Milltown, you might find you are very much not in favour of a big lump of social housing being put in beside you. And we see in this constituency, just like in other similar constituencies, some of them neighbouring this constituency, that there's a huge level of local objections when big housing developments are, uh, are proposed. So for you, the housing issue may not be that you want a whole lo- load of social housing built as soon as possible. You might want it built, but not necessarily right beside you. So I, I-, I think simply saying the housing issue is the biggest issue it doesn't actually give you the full picture because and that shows how difficult it is going to be for the government to address. I think that's really interesting to examine the nuances of the housing issue. I think a lot of people when they hear housing they think quite simply not being able to afford a house but as you've pointed out depending on where you are and where you are in your life how affluent you are that 
it can mean something very different. Dublin Bay South is on average quite an affluent area, but there is diversity within that, as we've referenced already. We shouldn't forget the more working class areas of um, Rings End or down by Pool Beg. How have we seen those uh, differences reflected in the poll results and how people might be voting? Yeah, you're right, Herka. I think I, th- I think this is really interesting, and it's one of once you start delving into the in, into the data, and once you dig into it, you see the degree to which people's voting intentions are influenced by where they live, their income level, and how that plays into their level of satisfaction with the government, which is, I suppose, the biggest wind in James Gagan's sails today, is that this is a constituency that is not, on the whole, dissatisfied with the way the government is running the country. 55% of people in the across the constituency as a whole say they are satisfied with how the government is running the country. 38% of people saying they're dissatisfied. Now, that in a nutshell, I suppose, is one of the the big reasons behind, you know, the voting intention that we see today. James Gagan is taking over as the government candidate in this uh, in this constituency. The Fianna Fáil candidate isn't at the races. The Green Party candidate isn't at the races. We do see, again, interesting subplot, some degree of coalition coherence amongst voters. And that would be important when we come to talk about transfers. But on the whole, this is a constituency that is pretty OK with the way the government is running the country. And we see that effect Uh, exaggerated when you look at the wealthiest parts of the constituency versus the least wealthy parts of the constituency. And interestingly, but perhaps unsurprisingly, you see it when you compare the older voters to the younger voters. So let me hit you with some numbers then. Satisfaction rates are highest amongst those age 65 or older. 65% of the the over 65-year-olds are satisfied with the way uh, the government is doing its job. In Rathgar and Rathmines, Garfield Avenue and Highfield Road and all those other and a trip off the tongue of estate agents everywhere. Uh, Rathmines, Rathgar, 63% of people mm. satisfied with the way the government is doing the job. ABC One voters, again, 63% of those happy with the way the government is doing the job. Amongst homeowners in the constituency without a mortgage, the lucky buggers, 76% of those are satisfied with the way the government is doing the job. Those with a mortgage, 65% of them are happiest with the way the government is doing this job. Now, look at that through another lens. Choice of candidate. And the division in, in by class and area is, I think, best seen if you look at the Fine Gael candidate and the Sinn Féin candidate. So Lynn Boyle and Sinn Féin candidate, she's at 26% in the southeast inner city Ringsend area, the most working class uh, part of the area. 26% there. But can she keep that going? Can she keep those numbers up in the rest of the constituency? No, she can't. 4% in Rathmines and Rathgar. So huge contrast there between, it's a massive difference between, uh, uh, between that. Flip that on, look at, look at the way Gagan is polling uh, in those, uh, in those, in those two areas. He's at 34% in Rathmines and Rathgar, but you go down to the southeast inner city around Pier Street, Ring's End, and he's at just 10% in, uh, in those areas. So you do see a quite divided constituency. The advantage for Fine Gael is there are a lot more areas in this constituency that are like Rathmines and Rathgar than are like the southeast inner city. And that, in a nutshell, is the big reason behind the findings we see here today.
One other thing I wanted to bring to your attention briefly is that we also hold second preferences. We spoke earlier about how transfers are going to be really important in this because of the way the electoral maths works, with the caveat that the first preference is the most important thing and by-elections tend not to change, not always, but they tend not to change the order of the first preference results. But very strong result for Ivana Bacic on second preferences. She's on 19% of second preferences. Very strong result again for Claire Byrne, the Green candidate, 25% of second preferences. Deirdre Conroy, the Fianna Fáil candidate, just 11%. James Gagan on 15%. That will turn out to be significant because he's getting that pretty high level of second preference transfers. That should keep him on the basis of these numbers, should keep him ahead of Ivana Bacic and uh, Lynn Boylan, the Sinn Féin candidate, only on 6% of second preferences. For what it's worth, we also polled third preferences. Ivana Bacic on 16, Clareburn on 25 again, very high. Uh, Fianna Fáil candidate Deirdre Conway, just 13%. James Gagan, 10. Again, that's coming down, but it, will it keep him far enough of Ivana Bacic? On the basis of these numbers, you would say probably, but not certainty. And Lynn Boylan, just on 4% of third preferences. So that is where we're going to see what's happening when it comes to the second count, the third count, the fourth count, and particularly fourth, fifth, sixth, when the the candidates with a chunk of votes start to be eliminated. Once you get past the minnows that aren't going to change the order of things, once you get into those chunky candidates, where are those votes going? On the basis of these indications, enough of them should stay with James Gagan. But, you know, polling third preferences is not something I would bet my uh, I would bet my house on. How significant is this by-election on a national level? I mean, what does this all mean for the future of the coalition government? Okay, look, we say this at every by-election. This is one of the most significant by-elections in the lifetime of this government. So, but actually it is true on this occasion, I think for Mm. a couple of reasons. And first of all is that it is going to tell us some important things about this government. It will be the first verdict on this coalition government. So that would be interesting. If what we're seeing on polls previous to this one... And on this poll, it is that actually the government is doing okay. Obviously, there's an awful lot of people who think the government is not doing a good job, but there's a greater number of people who are satisfied with the way the government is doing uh, doing its job. And if a government candidate is elected here, that is good news for the government. But all the individual parties have got something running on this. It's a really, it will be a huge fillip to the Labour Party if it can win a by-election at a time when it is is in need uh, of a fillip. What's it going to tell us? We spoke a little bit earlier about this. What's it going to tell us about that Sinn Féin project of moving into the middle-class areas? The thing that terrifies the political establishment, their lunch being eaten by young, hungry Sinn Féin candidates on the housing issue. Is this happening? Basis of this poll, not happening at any appreciable rate if that is reflected. I think lots of people in the old establishment parties and in the government will breathe a sigh of relief. And for Sinn Féin, it will indicate that hmm, more work to do here if we're going to seriously entertain the prospect of leading the next government. And that's what an awful lot of people are talking about. So this election will, or this by-election will be a good, uh, will be a good signal of that. And for Fianna Fáil, we spoke earlier about how the result is going to be interpreted uh, amongst the various camps in Fianna Fáil. What it looks like is they are on course for a poor result here. And after the recent poll boosts and the recent high satisfaction ratings for Michal Martin and for his government, I think that would take them down a peg or two. Short version, uh, Circa, I suppose, is that there's a lot riding 
on this by-election for all the individual parties. And that's why I think you will see a ferocious scrap in the last week or 10 days. Great. Thanks very much, Pat. That's it for today. You can keep up to date with all the latest coverage on the Dublin Bay South by-election from Pat and the rest of our political team on irishtimes.com. In the news, we'll be back on Friday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 